Those were good. The um, firehouse, as you know, has two teams. The firehouse slammers won, and they are seated higher than the firehouse brigade going into the tournament here this week. But uh, they won, uh, I think they won 9-8, to eight. was that right? And they were up 9-0 to zero at one point and decided to be charitable to the other team, I think. So um, we lost significantly, and we don't know what the score was. But anyways... Uh, we did have a good, uh, it was fun, there was, uh, the team that we played was, they're probably one of the competitors, you know, for, for po- possibly winning the league, and I heard at one point that team that we played was playing another team, and they were, it was a very highly competitive game, and it was potentially a little fight, skirmish thing that was trying to play out there, and so um, when they played us, they, um, you know, we didn't get in a fight with them, so um, it was, but one of the girls came up to us afterwards, and she said, you know, you guys are a fun team to play, I wish we could play you guys again. You guys are just, you know, it was so awesome playing you. And, you know, we were talking to her how, as a team, we've had to figure out how to have fun besides winning and besides scoring points. And so, but anyways, it was good that she she was like, you know, it was fun playing you guys. The other ones, you know, not, the other firehouse team's great too, but... Um, <laughs> Anyways, it's good. But but this week, Monday, if you're available, or some of the playoffs start for the softball league here. So the Firehouse Brigade plays at 6 p.m., and then the Firehouse Slammers are at 8 p.m. And uh, you can come cheer the Brigade on for possibly our last game of the season. And the Slammers, you know, they have a chance of going all the way here. So you can come cheer them on too, but hopefully there's a few other opportunities for them. But anyways, um, the last thing here... Um, just to be thinking about some things this week, Jeff mentioned we're going to be passing out flyers Wednesday night here for the Firehouse 5K. It seems like God's bringing some momentum to that. It's neat to be a, be a catalyst as a church to get a whole bunch of people working together to bless the, the high school here. So um, anyways, we're passing out flyers Wednesday night. And then the last one was just to be thinking about the next couple weeks on Sunday. We feel like God's given us an idea for our next couple Sunday services, which will... Um, the idea, the theme is going to be something like stories for His glory. And we have a couple stories in our midst here of some, some amazing things that God is doing uh, among us related to uh, overcoming. You know, one story relates to, to cancer and the Nielsen's and, and sharing their story. Another story relates to the Coffins and Brooke sharing some of her story. But the next two weeks, we're just going to kind of try to put uh, these families and the reality of their stories, the good, the bad, the ugly, the you know, all of that, just to put it on display for God's glory. And so we, we encourage you to join us next Sunday, maybe even bring a friend. I think it might be a real appropriate thing to invite someone to, just to see some people's real life relationship with God. And uh, I think it could be pretty awesome. I was just talking to Alan on the phone this week, Alan Coffin, and just you know, talking, learning more about their story. But I had goosebumps that started to get tears. I had a, and it was just you know for a couple minute phone call there. And I have a feeling God wants to use their story and the Nielsen story for His glory. And so I encourage you the next two weeks to be thinking about that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to bring up the. Uh, HSLT team, the people that went to Salt Lake a couple weeks ago, they're going to each share a couple minutes, but I'll pray, and then we'll invite them up, we'll welcome them up, and then I'll share a few closing thoughts, um, and we'll call it a morning here. So let's just pray one more time. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, uh, we do thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come together, to worship you, to have fellowship, to sing praises to your great name, uh, the one name where salvation can be found. 
and, and we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray you bless the, the things we're going to do this morning. I pray that you would uh, help the, those from HSLT to just share what they learned from you, what they saw you do. God, I pray that that would bring you glory. I pray you bless just in sharing follow-up thoughts from the pastor's conference and the ramifications that it has for our church. And we, we just ask you to meet us here, redeem this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, why don't you guys, if you're part of the HSLT team, why don't you come up here? We're going to give you a couple minutes each person, and why don't you welcome them up while they're at it. Okay, let's see here. We might start with Gretchen here. If that's uh, this mic on here, I think that's the one we're going to go for. Let's stand right there. All right, there we go. Um. Let's see, we're missing uh, Julie and Fiona Kavanaugh and uh, Charity. They also went with us. And um, so I thought, I, I noticed that, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about Julie and Fiona and Charity. <laughs> um, actually, I'm not sure where to start. Um, I think I'll get to Julie and Fiona and Charity. I'll start with last year's HSLT. Actually, this year was my seventh HSLT. I started going when Anna, the summer before her freshman year of high school, and like that that summer, I was there with my two older boys and Johnny, and I mean, and Anna, Johnny, Andrew, and Anna. We were there together, <laughs> and then and so and then this one only Mary Joy was there, and. Um, uh, so, you know, it's been a variety of experiences and variety of groups and a variety of settings. And um, and last year um, was the first year we went to Salt Lake City. And, um, and John and Laurel, our whole family, went. And that was really nice. And, and Mary Joy and Logan were participating in HSLT. And... Uh, and we had a fairly good sized group and I knew some of the kids and I really didn't know some of the kids and we had a lot of fun but for some reason I had a really hard time last year I I still don't know why but I had a really hard time and you know like to the point of really hardly not being able to cry a lot of the time and I don't know if I was tired it was the mountain air or and I the kids might be like oh I didn't know that sorry but um, that's and I remember walking from uh, a lecture you know the lecture hall to the cafeteria it was about a 10 minute walk and I was just, just having a meltdown you know I was crying telling John I'm never doing this again I'm terrible at it and I, I don't know why I keep doing this and and, and uh, John was like we're doing fine Everything's good, you know. We're fine. You're fine. We're fine. You're fine. And I was like, okay. And then, but like through the year, whenever the topic would come up, in the back of my mind, I was like, I am not going again. I am a failure at that. And and so then, sure enough, this year, John did not have any vacation time, and you know, and it's a really wonderful time for the kids and it's like okay I'm going to HSLT <laughs> and uh, and uh, this verse uh, if by grace then it is no longer by works if it were grace would no longer be grace and um, I think that was um, what I really learned this year um, <clears throat> you know I think a lot of my problem last year was I kept wanting to handle everything really well and and then I would handle it badly, I thought. Although, as John said, and I think the kids would say, I don't think I did that bad last year. I just thought I did terrible. And I was just upset about it all the time. And um, 
and so this year it was like okay you know this is not about me this is about God's grace and and it was really fun it was really encouraging and uh, so that was my I think my biggest lesson more than any content or anything and and then that was one thing I wanted to say about Julie um, she's uh, uh, you know, sometimes she's just a, a very good example of grace to me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, being the adults together with charity, um, you know, I was driving and I'd go the wrong way and Julie would be like, that's okay, you know, we get back on track. And it's like, no problem. No, absolutely no problem. Nothing was ever any problem, you know. <laughs> and so, um, so that was really fun. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> And then it was really fun having charity, too, because I can remember one example. We were having a tie-down, and August was with uh, the Aurora kids because they had some men and boys with them, and so that was nice for him. (laughs) But, but, you know, we saw him some, but like the tie-downs and the the dorm time, he was with the the men and boys from Aurora. And uh, But so our tie-downs, you know, like there was one where... John Meyer was talking about how the world, you know, if you if you don't make God your world, then this world will be your world. And it's a choice that you're transitioning into. You know, as a child, your parents are your world. And then as you're this age, you're, you're deciding what is going to be your world. And, um, <clears throat> and so our tie-down, you know, the girls were saying, you know, I just really feel the world pressing in on me, that kind of thing. And and I was thinking, and I'm pretty sure Julie was thinking, like, how, what, you know, <laughs> and what's going on? And, and, but, you know, you don't want to push and press. And, and, and Charity would say, could you be more specific in this? <laughs> so I was like, yay, Charity. <laughs> really, really fun having her. She's really good at drawing people out, and she, you know, her experience as a high schooler, it was really, really wonderful to have her with us. And uh, I think that's all I wanted to say. I thought the kids would probably talk about the content and the atmosphere. It's always really fun. And the the road trip is really fun, too. (laughs) That's a lot of it. (laughs) And uh, if you hadn't picked up on it yet, HSLT is High School Leadership Training. So that's that's the high schoolers and and the parents uh, as well. (laughs) Keep an eye on them. Well, I wasn't there last year, so... Um, I'm August, and this is my first HSLT, um, and I really liked it because I learned a lot, and I liked sharing, um, going around the neighborhoods and passing out flyers and doing prayer on the porch. Um, there's a lot of people out there that uh, really needed help and felt like we could help them a lot. Um, I liked uh, John Whitney's message it about your identity and who you are. I thought that was encouraging. Mm -hmm. And how he uh, explained uh, in detail, (laughs) I guess. But I don't know. I was passed it on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Here, I can solve this problem. Okay. Well, hi. This is this was my third HSLT, and it was a blast as normal. Um, like Ms. Gretchen said, it was definitely a different atmosphere than last year. For example, last year, um, a bunch of children, uh, we decided to chew bubble gum and put the whole thing in our mouths on the way home and talk and have a whole conversation. So that was a lot different than, you know, sleeping, which was what we did this time. <laughs> and I said, August, don't you want to ride with us? No, you guys sleep and sing too much. So that was a no. But the sermons this year were great, and I feel like I connected with them a lot more this year than in the past, and I don't know why. Maybe just because I'm older, I hope. But other than that, there was, in our quiet times, we decided to read through James, and it was kind of, I've never read the Bible all the way through, so it was kind of cool because I hadn't read all of James yet, and we just started with James 1, obviously, and we were reading through, and there was this person that said, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And it was just really encouraging because then we went and listened to these seminars saying like, you know, telling you what teenagers go through and what teenagers are like, oh, here are some decisions that are going to shape who you are for the rest of your life. No pressure or anything, you know. And and it's just telling you, you know, like if you choose to stand with God and, and follow that route, you know, that will shape who you are and, and you'll be rewarded in the end. And it was just really encouraging. And then, you know, being able to talk to these guys and Fiona and Charity was my roommate and we had a lot in common and it was just kind of cool to talk about that and talk about the trials we've already faced and how we know that we can always choose that path too like we can always keep going and persevering so it was just cool and it was the best HSLT yet Um, hi so this was my third HSLT as well and I think it was probably one of my best ones too just because last year the theme was burn on fire for Christ and that's always kind of easy, like, at conferences and stuff. And then you go home, and it's, like, and you go back to school, and then all your peers is, like, you feel like there's a lot of different stuff pulling on you. And then this year was stand, and it stood for stay true and never deviate. And so that was, like, really encouraging, just some of the stuff they were sharing, like, um, like that you can, it was just kind of practical stuff, too, to keep in mind, like, as you go back to school and, like, with the different stuff that pulls on you. But one um, thing that really stood out to me was something that John Meyer said. He said, um, whoever or whatever determines our identity, we grant authority to give us our values and purpose. And I thought that was kind of cool just because, like, to think about it, I don't know, like, I never thought about it was me that determines my identity. I thought I was just kind of, like, born with it, and that's, like, whatever I was born with, that's how it was. But, like, it's cool just to think about um, I can determine, like, determine who I am. And then it's also kind of scary just, like, like, what the decisions I'm making right now will affect my whole life, and that's just really something that I really need to think about a lot. Um, Another big highlight for me was just um, over the years at Faith Walkers and HSLTs, I've been like meeting people and like making really good friends and they're just people that I I really hope that I can um, stay in touch with with over the years. And um, one of the the sessions he was talking about, um, you need to make friends that will be like good influences on you and these people are like totally like that and I feel like 
this year my friendships were like really strong that I've been developing over the years so that was really cool as well and then just these people here that I was with like in our church then other churches as well those were like a couple of things that stood out to me there's always a ton but <laughs> yeah. good, very good alright thank you guys for sharing once you Great. Well, it's it's good to, since we've uh, merged churches here, it's good to actually have high school-aged people in the bunch here. So I think it's one of the first times we've participated, except for we used to have, we used to have Becca Whitney back there. I think she used to be our one high schooler back when the firehouse was just getting going, so she represented there. She was the high school ministry right there in in one person, so good to see you, Becca. Um, And thank you guys for sharing. I'm glad that, uh, glad that you went there and are, I think, relates to what we're going to talk about a little here this morning as well as far as getting out and uh, sharing, knocking on the doorsteps of people in Salt Lake City and uh, just being an example to us here. Um, I thought just to, well, you know, we don't have a ton of time here, so um, I think what we might do, I've got a video I just wanted to show to just kind of uh, get us thinking about um, really what is the mission of our church? What are we here for? A lot of us might have different reasons of what, what are we trying to accomplish here? Do I just show up because I'm supposed to go to church on Sunday and drop a few bucks in the box to pay for my coffee and keep the lights on? Or I don't know what your expectation is for, for being a part of this church, but we really have some things that we're trying to accomplish. We have a mission. And my hope, uh, one of the things I was reminded of just from this pastor's conference was, um, you know, there's something we're trying to accomplish as a church and as pastors, and and my hope is that you are trying to accomplish the same thing, that we're on this mission together. I'm going to watch this video just to um, get you thinking, and then, uh, you know, we'll just fly through these notes, maybe let you fill in the blanks, um, and we'll call it a morning here. But how about we just play this video real quick and um, see if we're on the same mission. I was pastoring a church in Houston, Texas, when a friend of mine invited me to a conference for pastors. I was kind of excited because Dr. Bill Bright was going to be speaking. I'd heard him several times, but uh, this was more in-depth, and so I was looking forward to it. Uh, The first couple of days he talked about things like spiritual breathing and walking with God, which of course I appreciated, but they were well-known issues to me, and so I didn't think that much about the time. On the third day, he began to talk about reaching the world with the gospel in this generation. Now, I knew John 3.16. I knew the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and other passages. I believed in that. But he added some things that sort of disturbed me. Uh, This generation, suddenly, that's no longer talking about when you feel like it. It puts a time element into it. It puts an urgency into the whole picture. And so I, my ears perked up all that day, and I was really touched. And by lunchtime, I was grappling with some of those issues. Is it possible that the world could be reached with the gospel? And what does that mean in this generation? Later on in the afternoon, we had a break time. 
went downstairs in the cafeteria, sat in little four-person tables, and we began to interact on what he had been talking about that day. In just a few moments, Dr. Bright came around from table to table. He stopped at our table, and he said, Brothers, I'd like to ask you two questions. Well, we were honored that he stopped at our table, so we were listening, and he said, The first question is this. Do you really believe that God wants to share, that see the gospel shared with every person in this generation? That was really difficult. Because theologically, who can disagree? Practically, I didn't think it could happen. And so what was I supposed to say to Dr. Wright who was saying, this is my question? And I remember thinking and sort of panicking. If I say yes, then I'm sort of a hypocrite. If I say no, obviously that's not the right answer. So I said yes. And then he said, here's a second question. If all Christians were doing what you're doing, will the world be reached with the gospel in this generation? I don't know how the other three men reacted to that. All I know is that it was a it made a great impact upon me. In fact, I couldn't stay there any longer. I got out, walked out of the building with tears in my eyes, and went out into a field next to the Astroworld Hotel in Houston, and I knelt in the weeds, and I wept before God. And I said, Lord, I don't know what that means, and I don't know how to do it. In fact, I don't know what to do differently right now. But if somehow you will show me, you will teach me, you will help me to understand that, I would like to be a part of that for the rest of my life. I don't know if you've seen that video before or not. You can find it on on YouTube. But I think in a nutshell, it kind of expresses the vision for our our movement of churches, Great Commission Churches, uh, National Association and International. And in some way, you know, it expresses our heart here at the Firehouse. You know, the whole reason we exist is because we believe God has called us to share the good news with every person in the world and also to make disciples of those who receive the good news. And, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. You know, I was thinking, um, what is the product supposed to be? A lot of times you, you go to work and you work on products or services of some sort, but what's the product supposed to be of a church? And you know, I think the answer to that is, is disciples. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go produce, manufacture. Somehow you guys go and make disciples. And, and so occasionally at the pastor's conference, um, Herschel shared some of the, the whole theme was on courage. And Herschel just shared, you know, there's courage as a couple, and courage in reconciliation, courage in teaching. And Herschel just said, you know, courage, sometimes uh, we've got to understand the context for courage is we've been given an enormous mission. And it's going to require courage to get it done. And it's good to be reminded of that. And then someone else asked us in the nuts and bolts of it all with a bunch of pastors there. They, they just asked the question, how is your church doing at seeing people saved and seeing people baptized? You know, when you try to measure disciples, it's kind of hard to figure out how to do that. But if you're going to take a stab at it, two things that probably should be happening are people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ 
and people are beginning to follow him, taking the step of getting baptized. And every time someone asks that question, oh, that's not my phone. Um, uh, every time someone asks that question, I get a little bit. It's a little convicting because, you know, in some ways, you know, you can be a type of person. I can tend that way, but you start asking about numbers and, you know, it's like, well, I can't. How dare you put a number on that? So unspiritual. That's so, uh, you know. But, but on the other hand, it's, on occasion, you got to stop and see how are we doing at what we're trying to do. The goal is not just to come together. And, you know, some churches, they count. So you probably heard the, the little cliche, nickels and noses. You know, how's, how's the money coming in the box doing and how is the, how's the attendance? But, you know, you can have nickels, you can have noses, and you can have people not getting saved and lives not being transformed. And so we want to stop and check, how are we doing at that? And um, one way to look, one measurable way is who's getting saved and, and who's getting baptized. And there's also a question we need to wrestle with. These are things I wrestle with, and, and I want to pass them on to you so we can wrestle together in this. Um, but, you know, there's a question, oh, what's my responsibility personally? And what's the responsibility of my church? You know, sometimes there's this tension there that uh, people are like, well, you know, there's some people that are Lone Ranger Christians and they go, I've got this mission and I'm going to go do it by myself and I go to church on occasion and I hang out there and, you know, whatever, get some good coffee. But uh, they're just doing their own thing. On the other side, there's people that go, now this is my church's responsibility. I don't have to, you know, get saved and baptized. The church owns the baptismal. That's their deal, you know. And and there can be this thing, but I think the, the answer is each one of us, someday I believe uh, every one of us who claims to be a follower of Christ will come before Christ and he'll ask you how did you do at sharing the gospel how did you do at baptizing at making disciples I believe as pastors of this church he will also ask us maybe an additional question how did you do at equipping these people to share their faith how did you do at encouraging encouraging envisioning impassioning empowering these people to carry out their mission but it's not just the church's deal, and it's not just an individual deal, it's both. And so we've got to ask, how are we doing at that? Uh, you know, and recently we did surveys in our small groups, and we asked you the question, uh, how many times have you shared the gospel in the last year? How many times have you seen someone come to faith in Christ um, because of your efforts? And how many have you seen baptized? And, you know, the numbers, uh, the numbers were... You know, uh, not as high as I'd like to see. You know, and it's it's a hard thing because any one person that gets baptized and saved, it's an eternal, eternally significant thing. Uh, but Jesus could have said, "Hey, you say one, it's worth the existence of your church." But what did he say? He said, "Go and reach the world, everyone, everywhere." And so, um, we got to try to measure that. And but, anyways, as we're thinking about number of people getting saved and number of people getting baptized, I just wanted to throw out this morning just two two things I think that'll help us grow in this. You know, what is our mission? It's a great commission. It's reaching every person in the world with the gospel through making disciples. We're supposed to be making disciples as we reach the world. It's, it's one and the same. It's not just, hey, I, I told everyone in the world we can have a big TV, you know, evangelism broadcast and we got our mission done. It's sharing the gospel and it's making followers of Christ. Um, how are we doing at it? Well, you know, the baptisms and salvations, I think God wants us to, He's thankful. I'm thankful for what He's done thus far, but I think He has more for us. And if you look at your own life and go, who have I seen saved? I'm going to have to account for that. Who have I shared with? Who have, you know, uh, we want to be thinking about that, not just doing what we're doing without plugging into to the results we're aiming for here. Um, how can we do better in this? Uh, we're going to give just two points here. There's, uh, point one, I would just say we need to sow more. Sow more, and the point two is going to be pray more. And I'm just going to give you the blanks here. We need to sow more. If we want to see people saved, you know, there's a, a verse that's right here on your sheet. It just says, remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. There's a principle there. There's a promise there. But if we if individually we're sharing sparingly, guess what you can expect to see as far as people getting saved around you? It'll be sparingly. Um, and if we sow generously, there's a promise here that says you will see things happen generously. And some of the surveys we did, there's almost a direct correlation to the number of times people are sharing and the results that they're seeing. And the same is true of us as a whole church, you know. And so we want to, if we want to see more people's lives transformed by the gospel, by the good news of what Jesus Christ has done. Uh, we need to sow more seed. You know, and I, I know all of us understand this, but somehow if we want the results to be different, what, we have to change what is being sown out there. And I've seen this in my own yard recently, uh, you know, uh, sowing seeds. Um, we're, uh, we've got a little, trying to do a little landscaping around our house here recently. We're going to be landscaping for the rest of our lives. But um, trying to take care of the little desert patch area in the fr- called my front yard there. Um, we put some, some, some mulch and some um, grasses in and stuff here recently when my father-in-law came out. He helped out. And we bought some soil for the front yard there. And then we got a bunch of seeds. You know, this year we're just going to try seeds. I know you can do sod. Uh, we just don't have the sprinkler system for it and stuff yet. So we just got great soil, got a ton of seeds, got me and my family on the yard just throwing seeds everywhere. And eight to ten days, you're supposed to see those little things start sprouting here. And we just started that like four days, five days ago, something like that. But uh, I go out to my yard in the morning and I have an expectation that little sprouts are going to start coming up here. You know, and why do I have that expectation? Because we threw seeds everywhere. We doused our yard with seeds. And it gives me a reasonable hope for that expectation. I think as a church, if we want to see people saved, we've got to be sowing seeds. It would be really unreasonable to expect to see a lot of things happening with very little being sown. There's a promise here that says, sow generously. You will reap generously. Personally, I think that's true. I think as a church, that's true. And so, a um, couple ways we can sow. You know, One way is just share your story. Share your story. That's a blank there. So more. Share your story. Share your testimony. Whenever you get a chance, ask God, give me a chance to share my story. Share how you became a Christian. And sometimes, you know, if you haven't, uh, you find that you're sharing your story and, and Christ is not in your story, there's probably a good chance you haven't become a Christian yet. And so, you know, first step might be, might be get a testimony. Tell, tell of when you came to Christ, when you gave your life to Christ. And, uh, you know, there's some of you in this room that might not have a story yet. I know there's some stories that are in progress right now as we speak. And eventually you come to a place where you surrender your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you share, you know, a lot of times God just does things to get our attention, to rock our world. Share your story when you get a chance. Share His story. You know, um, the gospel is just all about his story, about how he came into this world and how he took our sin upon him, was punished, he died. He rose again to prove it all. And, uh, and he's given us a mission to, to take that good news to the world. Share, share what you can. Maybe you don't feel like you're equipped with the gospel. We did that survey and we found a number of people feel like maybe they're not feeling confident and equipped to share. But I do want to let you know, God will, uh, God will call you to account for what you can share. And share what you can. If it's your story, if it's what little you know, John 3.16, share what you can. And, and there's a responsibility there. The next point is make it a priority to get equipped. Make it a priority to get equipped. Again, there's two parts to that. There's the personal part. You need to want to be equipped. 
And then there's the church's part. As pastors, I think we have a responsibility. You know, it talks about God is given there to be, uh, you know, prophets, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists to equip the saints for acts of service. And we want to be equipping, but you got to make a choice to be equipped. And I know in my own world, when I became a Christian, I'm like. Um, I wanted to know how to share the gospel. And I got to the point where our church wasn't doing something in the summertime to, to train. And so me and another friend that had just become Christians were like, we've got to figure out how to get trained. And somehow she found some church that um, was giving out uh, audio cassette tapes on how to share the gospel. She got these audio tapes and a workbook. And th- yeah, that was back in 1996. They still used cassette tapes back then. But um, So we were like, all right, ready to go. And next thing we know, the church was sponsoring a, a training in the outdoors reach class and I jumped into that and I don't know what happened to those cassette tapes but I didn't need those ever again that, that outreach class was thorough but you, you gotta have you have to make a choice because um, when we train I know for me I had to give up I had a basketball league I was in I love basketball I still love basketball in a proper sort of way um, but uh, you know I was in a basketball league with Hewlett Packard and they played and I was one of the guys my role on the team was to shoot as much as I can and hope it went in and I loved that role and my team loved me I made a bunch of shots and uh, but eventually I saw this uh, crossroads the evangelism training class night was the same night as the HP basketball league in Loveland and I knew in my heart I want to get trained I want to get equipped something's got to go here and I told my buddies, uh, you know, I can't play this year. And, and it was a big deal in some ways. Maybe it's just a big deal to me. But the result of that was I got equipped with the gospel sharing tool that I've used for the last 15, 16 years. There is no tool quite like it. It's ingrained on my heart. I can still share the 33 memory verses today and draw out the diagram. But, um, but I had to make a choice to get equipped and, and you need to make sure you want to get equipped and are ready to do whatever is necessary and, and pray for us as pastors that we would lead out in things that can help equip you but uh, that's, that's the last blank there so so more share your story share his story make it a priority to get equipped last one is just pray more um, I think my alarm already went off here for, for praying but the first one is uh, pray more frequently or more regularly some of you might know we've asked as a church we're trying to pray at noon every day every time you know set your alarm for noon it goes off during the service a lot here which you know some would say maybe I should be done by then but uh, <laughs> right Jeff I don't know <laughs> but then, uh, so maybe I should but uh, I think I silenced my alarm or I didn't hear it um, but anyways at, at noon every day we're going to pray as a church for three things it's kind of the, the motto we have as a church as you see the firehouse church love rescue transform we want to pray for those three things both as a church and personally love love God more we want to love God we want to grow in our love for God as a church and personally rescue we want to rescue the lost we're just asking that you would pray by name for a few people that God might use you to share the gospel with I know for myself when we began doing this uh, lo and behold I got a couple opportunities to share the gospel with the very people that I've been praying for and I hope the same is happening in your world and I hope you've got names of people you're praying for the last one transform it's kind of the idea of taking people that might be believers might be just doing their own thing without a mission where Christ is not their world they're not trying to carry out the mission he gave pray that God might transform a believer into a disciple a believer that got the free gift of eternal life into a disciple who's willing to give up everything for Christ 
and, and pray for a few people by name. I've begun praying for people by name, and it's awesome to see God is working. God answers our prayers, right? We know that. Um, so pray more frequently. The noon prayer. Pray more fervently. There's several uh, promises on prayer. You know, Hebrews 11.6 talks about them. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And uh, we went through James here. James 5 um, 17, I think 16, 17, 18, it talks about Elijah and how he prayed, prayed but an older verse, version of that says uh, the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Are you praying fervently, um, seriously, earnestly? One way to do that is uh, you might occasionally throw fasting and prayer together. This Friday is our monthly prayer meeting, and for some of you who are interested, we're, we're saying, hey, if you want to fast on Friday, um, that might add a little fervency to the prayer, the prayer meeting Friday night, 8 o'clock right here. But uh, I think fasting does, it just brings a seriousness to our prayer. You've got to kind of uh, skip some skip a meal. Some people I know in Omaha, I think they're even fasting from different uh, things besides food. You can fast from food. Maybe you need to fast from Facebook or from texting or something. Some people go without food a lot easier than they go without Facebook, right? Uh, I get an amen. Um, but uh, you might give up something to show God you're serious about seeking Him for helping out and carrying out this mission here. Pray with more faith. You know, we need to be asking God, not just over and over and over again, but with faith, with a mustard seed of faith. Let's, let's pray for that. There's a great verse there on, on the fig tree and on moving mountains from Matthew. The last one I would just say is just um, be praying for... Um, I'd say for our church, for our pastors, you could put either or in there. But, you know, we've been uh, having conversations uh, in our pastors meeting related to God growing and structuring our church for the things that He wants to do. This is probably going to include some things like uh, maybe some internal ministries that we don't currently have. Right now we have, uh, you know, a few different ministry teams, but in general we have like the set-up team and the tear-it-down team or clean-down team, whatever you want to call that, set-up, clean-up. And everyone's kind of supposed to be on that, right? Right? I see you all every morning and every evening. Yes, no. Um, but anyways, we're, we're thinking God might want us to have some more specific areas of service. Maybe get some crazy things like greeters for some of you people people out there, people persons. Uh, maybe get uh, a focus on our, our cafe, our coffee ministry a little more and, and help raise the bar on the quality of some of these things we do. Maybe the food ministry, the decorations, the follow-up ministry. But we're thinking that God might have some ways for us to grow by uh, you know, adding a few structures that take some of your passions or your talents or your gifts and, and put you to work in ways that builds internally. And then also doing more outreach things. Pray that God just leads us into those things. The Firehouse 5K is in progress here. And it's just a lot of people teaming up. I think this race is going to be, I think it will be more than three people. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully the 40 and up age category doesn't get many participants. I stand a chance this year. But you'd be surprised how fast those 40-year-olds are out there. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, there's God's doing some big things and we're trying to do some outreaches to be a light. Uh, one of the things the church, I think, is responsible for is for equipping, but also for generating opportunities. Outreach events where where the church is, is made up of people like you and I, where we can be there and we can be connecting and we can get opportunities personally to share our story, to share his story, to to share about following Christ, getting baptized and, and giving their life to Christ. And so um, we're trying to pray for these opportunities. We're, we're looking and trying to see there's so many things that I think God wants to do with this church in this neighborhood. And But we need prayer. I think some of these verses here, you know, this was one of my favorite in the book of Acts. It just said, um, they were praying, they are asking God to enable, they said, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. 
They're just basically praying together, God, help us to share the gospel powerfully. And this, you know, ends the section with, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And I think we want to just be praying that together. We need to sow more. We need to pray more. And I really think God has some amazing plans ahead of us here. So let's go ahead and pray and... Just uh, encourage you to take some of these things with you, to be praying, to look for opportunities to share the gospel. And uh, I think we're going to be having some plans coming up here for the fall and some of the, the game plan for this unwinding here, unfolding soon. So let's just pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we do just thank you again for this morning. God, we thank you that, um, that you gave us a, a great mission. You said, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, to everyone, everywhere told us to make disciples of all, all nations. And God, we need your help. It's a, it's a mission that would be impossible, be easy to give up on or, or to downsize. But God, help us to have the great mission that you gave. Help us to have great faith to carry it out. And I pray you'd help each one of us to look for those opportunities to share the stories you've given us, whether it's a story of coming to faith in you or uh, a story of expressing faith some other way in our lives, later on in our lives here. But God, we just need your help. Lord, help us to sow generously. We want to reap generously. God, help us to pray more and more, with more faith, more frequency, more fervency. Lord God, we, we need your help just to pray. And please help us. We call out to you this morning, Lord Jesus, in, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning. Uh, hopefully we'll catch you Wednesday night to pass out flyers. And next Sunday we start uh, Stories for His Glory. So thanks a lot.